can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPosito. The Celtics lose 108-103 to the Philadelphia 76ers in a game that was very much within reach. Uh, Going to follow today's podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, uh, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, uh, talk about the COVID-riddled Celtics, and what the NBA's solution is to having all of these players uh, missing time due to the COVID protocols. Uh, to get things started off here, I uh, want to give player of the game to Aaron Neesmith. And for him, one of his better games of the season. This is his first time earning player of the game this season on this podcast. Uh, but this is his second second game in a row where he's taken advantage of his opportunity. This is a, a situation where the Celtics are down a bunch of guys. Uh, I believe the final tally was eight after Tatum and Schroeder uh, became available because they were also on the injury report, uh, as well as Romeo, actually. Uh, but I believe the final tally came to eight players. Um, and... We saw a big uptick in minutes for Peyton Pritchard. Ended the night 22 minutes, uh, but he chipped in 14 points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals. Uh, And the shooting was there. And it wasn't just from deep, but you saw him get into the lane and, you know, make big mid-range shots, whether it be over Embiid, over Curry. Uh, You saw a couple step-back threes. Like, this is the Peyton Pritchard that... We saw a, a lot of last year, uh, as well as in Summer League. The guy that just exudes confidence uh, went out and, and did it against the best. Like He took it to the paint on Joel Embiid and was making plays happen. And you know this is just another example of a night where you see his potential. Um, and it's just, I mean, it, it goes to show that we have a little bit more depth than we say we do. We haven't really had these types of performances throughout the, the majority of the year, though. Uh, so the question still remains, which is the consistent part? Are they consistently not good? Or are they consistently not played enough? Because this is a, this is a situation where, you know, Pritchard and Neesmith haven't gotten a lot of time, but now we're starting to see it. Neesmith hasn't quite seized the opportunity. Peyton Pritchard last two games certainly has. Uh, So it brings up another question. Do you start playing him more and trying to develop him and then you choose not to play Schroeder? Uh, Because tonight you'll see, I mean, even... Through the majority of today, Dennis Schroeder didn't play very well. Peyton Pritchard played great. Uh, and you saw Ime for the first time, you know, opt to go Peyton Pritchard down the line over Dennis Schroeder. You know, in the, the last couple minutes, he did choose to go Romeo over Peyton. Uh, wanted more defense in there, but again, wasn't Schroeder, which brings up my point that I've brought up the last week 
two weeks about potentially trading Schroeder. And I think that the point just keeps getting validated over and over. Uh, but again, I say this at every podcast. I'm not going to talk about it too much, so I'll move past that. But really solid game from Peyton Pritchard tonight. You know, in a game, this is this was a game where the Celtics just lacked offense through a lot of stretches. And Peyton Pritchard was the one that kind of got them out of that slump. Um, it had a, a pretty impressive fourth quarter as well. Like had seven points at the end of the half, ended with 14. So chipped in seven points in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, so solid, solid game for him. The uh, Really the only other two guys that played solid basketball were the two Jays. Uh, Jalen Brown, 30 points. Still seemed like his footing was a little off. Still was losing the ball a little more than we're used to seeing. Three turnovers tonight, but ended 30 points, five rebounds, four assists, as well as two steals. The shooting was okay, nine of 22 from the field, three of nine from three. But him, as well as Jason Tatum, both got to the free throw line a bunch. A lot of their plays were going downhill. And they both thrived in those situations. And this is the type of basketball that we like to see. When both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are getting downhill, they have the opportunity to create for others. And you saw that tonight. Jalen Brown, four assists. Jason Tatum, which we'll talk about, six assists. So 10 assists between the two. You know, these are the types of performances that you need. You know, this game could be very different if we had a healthy team. And you can't sit here and and blame the entire loss on COVID because every team's dealing with it as well as Philadelphia. But this is a game where, you know, you're missing Robert Williams, you're missing Grant Williams, and you're missing Al Horford, who on the Celtics is by far the most effective Joel Embiid stopper. Right? So we're on a really fourth string defender in Ennis Freedom, you know, and Bruno Fernando, who, you know, really only played the minutes that that Joel Embiid didn't play uh, because Ennis Freedom was on the court the entire time that Joel Embiid was. So this is, it's, it's a situation where Ennis is kind of put into a tough spot defending a guy that is far superior. And you look at the numbers, Ennis ended with 15 points, 11 rebounds. A lot of Celtics fans are going to be like, oh, he had a great game. He really didn't. Defensively, one-on-one against Embiid, I don't think he was terrible. The issue lies with Seth Curry. You look at Seth Curry tonight, 26 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds. I'll dive into some of the negatives on and why defensively Ennis Cantor Freedom failed uh, in the next part, the next portion here. Uh, but you'll look at it. I mean, it's a tough situation when you're out eight rotation players. Really, like four four rotation players. The other four aren't really huge pieces to this team by any means, but. It's a tough situation regardless. Uh, Jalen Brown, though solid night. 
Jason Tatum, tough shooting night, 17 points. Uh, but again, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks. You know, was facilitating, getting downhill, got to the free throw line, doing what we've asked him to do. Again, shooting, tough. 5 of 14, 0 for 3 from 3. Like, these are obviously things that have ailed Jason Tatum for the large majority of the season. He was Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week uh, on an impressive stretch where he was averaging 30-plus points a game. Uh, but this is a this is a game where you're not upset about the way Tatum played. Sure, sure. Could he have hit more shots? Absolutely. Uh, but anytime you're getting five-plus assists from Jason Tatum, anytime you're getting seven-plus free throw attempts, these are solid performances. He's playing the game that you want him to play. The issue tonight comes, again, back to the defensive end. And we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about, really, the downfall of today's game. Uh, before we do so, I want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys. Time for a new favorite sponsor alert. Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one -on -one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is, all Venture Green's Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15, that's CelticsTake15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, so we've talked about some of the positives, and that's the play of Pritchard, JB, and Tatum. But I want to talk about some of the negatives and where the Celtics collapsed and why they came out of this game with a loss. A lot of it stems from the defensive end. And I talked about it briefly, but when you're missing guys like Al Horford, like Time Lord, 
and you're kind of forced into using a third string slash fourth string player in Ennis Freedom as your starting center against Joel Embiid, it limits what you can do defensively. Ennis is already limited on a defensive standpoint because he's not someone that's going to stretch out to the three-point line and defend. I'm not even going to sit here and complain about the fact that Joel Embiid got 41-10 and 10, as well as you know five assists, two steals, and four blocks. That, to me, isn't the big issue. The big issue came on pick-and-roll defense. And Ennis sagged a lot anytime there was a pick and roll. And Seth Curry was the one that actually, you know, put this game out of reach in my eyes. And you saw it a lot in the first half, like particularly. And then Tobias Harris kind of turned it up in the fourth. But you saw big shot after big shot coming from the pick and roll because Ennis Freedom would sag, whoever was coming off of the screen from Embiid would have a wide open mid-range. And it happened over and over and over. And that's an issue. Like that's where the Celtics fans don't realize what's happening with freedom minutes. They're, they're going to look at the stat line and say Ennis had 15 and 11. He had a great game. It's not the case defensively. You know, one-on-one defense against Embiid, it was fine at points. He forced him into some some tough shots. I think the Celtics actually did a pretty good job of doubling him. You know, Jason Tatum had a couple great doubles. One late in the game that forced Embiid to throw a, a bad pass that Pritchard ended up stealing. Uh... But and you saw it a couple times throughout the game. Good doubles, timely doubles, forcing either tough shots or bad passes. And we made other guys beat us. But there there come there came a point where the pick and roll, the 76ers, Doc Rivers, they saw that. They saw that the pick and roll was, you know, something that Ennis could not defend. And they attacked it. And that right there is where you really miss having guys like Time Lord, like Al. Honestly, even like Grant. Not that Grant really defends Embiid all that well, just because he's that much smaller. But the, all three of those guys are guys that can go out on the perimeter and defend that pick and roll. We didn't see that tonight. And that was a, it was a, it was a huge issue. For the Celtics team. You know, the Celtics dug themselves in a, a ditch pretty early. Down 15-7 early in the game. Ime Doka forced to take a timeout. I think they turned it around. They turned it around offensively, defensively. Uh, made it a game. And ended up having a 7-point lead late in that fourth quarter. And then, you know, about four minutes left, we got outscored 18-6. to you know, they took out Pritchard for a, a stretch stretch there. About three minutes left, I want to say they took Pritchard out. The Celtics offense kind of stagnated a little bit. They moved back to ISO ball. You saw 
Jalen Brown with a pretty stupid pass. I don't know. Maybe it was Jason Tatum not boxing out enough on the inbounds. Like, but Danny Green got in front of Tatum, stole the ball, ended up turning it over. I thought that was a pretty clear foul from Tatum. Uh, they called it a Celtics ball. Sh- sure. St- took about 15 seconds off the clock with outdoing anything for the Celtics. This is bad play there. And then you saw the final, the final three and a half seconds where Marcus Smart, you know, forced a, a bad pass, you know, tried to do a full court pass to Jalen Brown and it wasn't really needed. You know, these are the, I don't want to say bone. Yeah, no, screw it. I'll say it. These are the bonehead plays that Celtics fans despise Marcus Smart for. And I'm not going to say Marcus Smart had a, a terrible game because I really don't think he did. End of the night, 15 points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. Solid defensive game for him. Really, really solid defensive game. Uh, six of 10 from the field, solid. Two of three from three, solid. Like, these are the numbers that we want to see Marcus Smart have. We would like to see the assist numbers up a little bit more. But Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum kind of took the reins on that. Uh, Which, again, we'd rather see. We'd rather see the ball in their hands. And Marcus Smart kind of letting them take the reins. But this is a, it's one of those boneheaded plays. Three and a half seconds is more than enough to get the ball, you know, three-quarter court to Tatum, have him dribble up to half court or dribble up to the three-point line even, either find a guy on a corner or just take a three. There is time. Three and a half seconds is more than enough time to get it near the free-throw line and run up the court and get a shot up. You know, throwing the half-court, well, three-quarter court pass is not needed in that situation. And what didn't help was the fact that Ennis Freedom was, you know, sitting by the free throw line when this all happened, when they threw the ball to Jalen Brown. You know, this is a situation where Ennis needs to be on the complete opposite side of the court because the fact that he was so close to Jalen Brown gives Ennis Freedom the ability to then go over and double that pass, kind of play free safety. And that's exactly what happened. And it's, listen, you can you can blame that last play on, on Ennis. You can blame it on Smart. The fact of the matter is it happened. And the Celtics just need to be better. And I feel like I've said this a million times. We've seen the Celtics compete at a very high level. We've seen them play against quality competition at a high level. But it's not happening on a consistent basis. You know, this is obviously, this is a Philly team that is significantly better than their record. I don't care what their record says. They're a solid team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, They they are this year. They were last year. It doesn't, not much has changed. The fact of the matter is, tonight we didn't have the personnel to guard. We didn't have the personnel to to fight you know the nba is trying to make it a little bit easier for for teams to put guys on the court 
they got rid of the fact that, you know, they got rid of the hardship exemption players counting against salary and tax bills, which is good. They're letting teams, you know, add more hardship players per anyone that goes out for COVID protocols, which I think is important. And it's something that I kind of, I called on in the last podcast, like they shouldn't be forcing teams to pay more in the luxury tax because of COVID. If that's the case, you need to, you know, either suspend the season for a little bit and let this kind of eradicate itself, or you need to come up with some sort of solution. And I think this was a pretty good solution, but it's still a situation where you're watching subpar basketball and you could be watching subpar basketball for a a large portion of this season. And if that's the case, then then what are you doing with standings? Because this isn't a this isn't a game this isn't a season where you're looking at it and it's like okay yeah the Celtics really had a shot. We haven't had a healthy team all season long, and I know we go back to this over and over the last six years at this point. Health has always been our biggest concern. I don't know how many times you can blame it on that. And I don't even know if I want to blame it at that. Tonight's one of those games, though, where you look at the personnel that we had and you just can't help but think what it would have been like if we had one of our big men available. Preferably Al to go against Embiid, but like even just adding in Time Lord just to change things, just to give him a different look, to make Ennis guard a different way. I don't know. It's a it's a tough game. It's a tough game to lose. The Celtics fall below 500 once again, and we're stuck staring at you know the playoffs from the outside. That's where we're gonna wrap things up, though. It's a it's definitely a tough game. The Celtics have some more coming up, though. We've got the Cavaliers who are outperforming any expectation that they had on Wednesday. Uh, and then, you know, we've got our Christmas Day game at the Bucks. So that's where we're going to wrap things up. If you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die. Uh, and make sure to rate, review, share the podcast. Uh, greatly appreciate all of you listeners taking this to the moon. Have a good night, Celtics fans. Talk soon. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it now. I can't help it now. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic.